Welcome to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry. Araya is an Emmy award-winning TV show host, producer, director, author, and so much more. In 1999, Araya was told she would never speak again after having her left vocal cord nerve removed during cancer surgery. But against the odds and facing adversity head on, she found her voice, literally. And now she uses it to tell great stories of hope and inspiration to help motivate entrepreneurs to earn more, live more, and give back more. Now, let's get celebritized. Now, here's your host, Araya McGarry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Get Celebritized. I'm your host, Araya McGarry, and I am so excited again on this episode. Like every episode here on Get Celebritized, I bring you amazing people that have overcome obstacles and, and sometimes tragedies, and they have triumphed to become successful. So they come here to share with you their stories, their resilience, their, their special sauces on what helped them get through those tough times to achieve some great successes in their lives. And that way, like the theme of Get Celebritize is, so you can earn more, so you can live more, live out loud, live big, not just survive, but thrive, and you can give back more. Because we all know we love to give back to charities and be philanthropic in everything we do. So this helps you do just that and more. So without any further ado, I'm going to introduce you to a phenomenal man. His name is Rick Warner, and he is he has a story. He's, he's a, let me just tell you, he's a phenomenally successful realtor, but he's in California, but that's not what we're talking about today. But I do want you to know that he has achieved great success in California as a realtor, but he has a story of triumph over adversity because at age 20, he found himself homeless and addicted to drugs. That's all I'm going to tell you because he's going to come up and tell you the rest. So let me bring up to you my guest, my friend, Rick Warner. Come on up. Araya, how are you? I'm great, Rick. How are you doing? I am doing really well, and I super appreciate being invited to be on your show. Well, I'm super excited that you accepted to be on the show because you've got a great message to share. You are such a great fit for this show because one thing, you're very successful and you're philanthropic at the same time, and you want to share your story to help others. And that's what this show is all about, getting into the meat and potatoes and the, the dirt and the grind of, oh my gosh, this could have derailed me. This could have been the end of me, but it wasn't. And we really tap into not just from, here I was, homeless, addicted to drugs, too. Wow, look at me now. I'm a successful realtor, coach, all the good stuff. There's so much in between, and most people don't get into the the real nitty-gritty. It's like, well, I, I finally scrounged up. I went to school, and then I was there. It's so much more. So we're going to get into that. So before we go backwards to where you were when you were 20, Rick, which is definitely not where you are now, give us a little example of what you're doing right now and your success and who you're helping, because you really are giving back to a wonderful community, helping people be successful. And I'm going to go ahead and put up your Flow Academy right now while you introduce yourself. Thank you. Well, that, yeah, Flow Academy is my coaching company. However, to your point about philanthropic and so forth, you know, there's basically two main ways to give. One is, of course, money, but the other way is, is your time and really making a difference in people's lives. And to me, both are super important. And I'm super, uh, I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to, what's the super count? What's the over under and how many times I'm going to say super? I better, <laughs> I, better I better start paying attention to that. I'm really grateful that I, I am in this position where I have a lot of flexibility with my time and my um, my energy to be able to focus on just helping people that are struggling. And so I'm a, I'm a big one-on-one -on -one guy in terms of really connecting with people and finding out what's going on and how can we get you unstuck with whatever your circumstances. Uh, you know, we do a lot of other stuff too, handing out food, homeless stuff, whatever. But the real work for me is when I can really make a difference in somebody's life based on the experience that I've already had, knowing what it feels like 
to really, really be in a place where I'm stuck, where I'm really struggling, you know? Yeah. And then we're going to go back into your story a little bit because you really were. I mean, you're talking about you were 20, you were homeless, addicted yeah. to drugs. I mean, and we want to hear more about that for sure. Yeah. But let's start right off the bat. Give us a, a, a golden nugget tip on what is some of your advice on if somebody's watching and listening to the show right now, they are already feeling stuck. So let's mm. whet their appetite a little bit about some ways that you help people get unstuck. Cause a lot of people are stuck still after this pandemic, it's going to take, you know, a decade or so to just really get everybody kind of all up and let that tide rise and lift everybody up. And yeah. as fancy and as successful as everybody looks online, there's yeah. a whole lot more to life than what you see online. So give us some unstuck tips and then we're going to hear your story. Well, first, you know, I really appreciate you. What you just said is so important because we see everybody's top 10% of their, you know, that iceberg analogy. Right. We see that above the waterline version of what we want everybody to see. Or maybe you see somebody succeeding in sports or in business or whatever. And you're, and it just looks like they just arrived there and they, you know, and, and it's just, it's not the case. So I think first, first thing is just kind of acknowledging and understand that's not really how the world works. And, and to not hold yourself to that standard, this idea of comparing yourself, how you feel on the inside, how everybody else appears on the outside is a losing battle. And it will, you know, it'll never, it'll never win. The next thing that I'm always looking for with somebody is to really kind of try and connect with them on what is actually going on for them in their life so that they feel heard, that they feel understood. You know, one of the things that you'll hear later if I, when I get a chance to talk to my story is it's connecting with people directly who have been where you are and they're no longer there, whatever, whatever that looks like and searching, searching out and finding those people because those are the people that are likely to have the most impact on your success because there's a there's a credibility factor there. It's not like, well, this guy doesn't know where I've been. He's actually been there. That's why so many uh, help self help books are so great and all these, um, uh, you know, seminars and other things. It's a lot of times it's people going, yeah, I've really struggled, and then here I am. I've I've been right where you're sitting, yeah, which is kind of where I come from. I'm not one of these like I've always been successful guys. I'm one of these like I fall on my face and I get up. I fall on my face <laughs> and I get up. And and it's so important, you know, to kind of live from that place. It is. So are you saying uh, something that I always say is, are you also saying to take advice from people who are where you want to be, like legitimately they're where you want to be. Now, not every day is a golden bed of roses. And that even though social media may look like, oh, they're traveling, they're doing this. We all have our, our grinds. We all have our day to day. Everybody does. But are you saying, and this is what I really love, take advice from people who are where you want to be in that moment. Like if you want to have a million followers, you go to somebody who has a million followers in Instagram or Facebook, whatever, if that's what your next step is or somebody who is actually earning six figures or seven figures or eight figures are you saying take advice with those people is that a smart thing to do that's exactly what i'm saying and 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 enroll people in the idea of possibly being a mentor you know we talk a lot about coaching which mm -hmm. i do coaching but i also mentor people and the, What's the difference? There's, some, there's some specific differences there but, yeah. but one of the biggest things is you when you're a mentor you're not getting paid you're doing it because um, of the value of being a mentor and as a mentor I would say that I get as much or more satisfaction out of being a mentor than I do maybe out of being coached or, or being or, or coaching people. And oh, so there are people out there that you wouldn't believe if you just asked them, hey, I really want to be where you're at. I don't I'm not looking for a coach. I'm looking for somebody that I can just check in with on a regular basis and find out what it is that you think I should do next so that I can get to where you're going. And then the next thing from that is do what they tell you to do. You know what I mean? so many people come, they're like, I want you to be my mentor. And I go, okay, here, here's three things I want you to do before next week. And then they're like, well, I don't think I really want to do that. Or, that do sounds that. really hard. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, give me something else. Uh, well, Rick, you bring up a great point though. Okay. I deal with a lot of women entrepreneurs and often, I'm going to do a big blanket journalism uh, uh, right now. It's not for everyone, but I find a lot of the women that I work with, we tend to overgive and give away too much for free. So mm. what is that fine line where the rubber meets the road, where you have to be the coach, because I deal with a lot of coaches, sure. they have to get paid for, versus you do want to do your share of mentorship, of sure. course. But if you're only mentoring and you're not getting paid, you're over on the you're too much that yeah. way. And what is your, your take on if you're giving away so much for free, do they value it? And like what you're saying, do they take action if they don't have enough skin in the game? Or do yeah. they flippantly just say, well, I'm getting this for free and they don't take it seriously. Yeah. 
Okay, so what was that? Nine questions? I don't know which one. Yeah, about <laughs> balance when you charge sure. and charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. So what I would say, I think those are all genuine concerns. And first of all, remember that what my suggestion was ask for a mentor. So for the people that are being mentors, it's their responsibility to set boundaries, to say no, to define what that means. Like, so for me, I set specific times. There's a specific, uh, not only a set time, but how long it's going to be. Um, I set some some expectations about what you're actually going to get from me. Um, I'm not too worried about would they get it from me in coaching or not. Um, cause to me that all that kind of works itself out in the, so I'm not going to keep inventory of like, Oh, well, wait, I don't want to mentor that guy that way because I could charge them to be their coach and mm, give the same information. So for me, all the information's open as a mentor, if, if that answers your question, but you absolutely have to have boundaries around yeah. what that looks like and what yeah. you're willing to give away. And of course, as a mentor, you're always willing to say, I so appreciate that you asked me to be your mentor. And right now I'm kind of filled up in my mentor level, but I would love to circle back with you if that comes available. And I'm sure there's other people that want to help you. I would say that this is, the reality is, is that rarely do people actually ask people to be their mentor. There's just so many things why they don't do that. Yeah. Let's let's get them to ask, right? Let's get them to ask people. Hey, I really look up to you. I really like the way you do your business. I really like what I see on Instagram um, and and go from there. That's true because most people, I know I get these calls a lot, is most people say, hey, Rick, can I pick your brain? Or Rick, can you, and it's just, they just want that pick your brain and they go off, they do it or don't do it, that's fine, but they don't take it like a serious mentorship. So you're saying if you accept a mentor, a mentee, then you're saying it has boundaries, it has certain times, yeah. and then there's more of that expectation. Yes, I have room for one mentee this quarter or this month, you know, like right. do it for a month. So it's still a partnership. It's still a business transaction. It's your time instead of your money. That's and exactly I, I, right. Yeah, I think that makes such a difference. It just, can I pick your brain? And you just get all those phone calls every day. Yeah, that's right. And, and, the, and that there's the kind of the third component is the expectation of, of doing what I said I'm you when you know what I'm suggesting. If you're asking me to mentor you, I'm going to tell you what I really think is going to make the difference. And if you're not willing to do those things, then our mentorship is going to be brief because I my time is valuable as is yours and if I'm not I mean if I'm really a great mentor, you're going to be compelled to do the things I suggest. And if you're if I'm not, if that connection doesn't exist, then it's just not a good fit and there should be somebody else. I love that. I love that you're making it. You're making the mentorship a program. It's a free program, but it's limited. Yeah. And I also, you could do something like filling out, you know, like a survey because you only take on a few each month or each quarter and you can slot it in that way. And I find that people are serious about it. If they take the time to fill out a survey that shows the next level of serious, that it's important to them. They write out their thoughts and they submit that. It's just a matter of, okay, they took the time to do that. We can take them to the next step. Yeah. And I think people even have scholarships where they got sponsors, people that they knew that said, I would like to buy a program that you can give away. And it's a scholarship. So they buy for the coaching program that you're able to give away to someone who maybe jumps through some of those hoops. Yeah. They're serious that they want it and they'll fill out the forms and they'll go through some steps. And then you can select the ones each month or each quarter. Do you do anything like that as well? Yeah, we do actually. So for our within our coaching program, we never, my partner and I, Kevin, when we originally started the business, we never wanted somebody to not have access to us because they didn't have money. I love that. So we basically will take anybody um, with the same exact guidelines. You have to do the work, right? We're, you know, that's that's the big that's the big difference. Um, but yeah, we, you know, and you go, well, wait, why wouldn't everybody just? We have a conversation with them. You know, yeah, we're not we're I not mean, just we're not like you said we're not running just a free business and right. It's, it's really a very small percentage of people that take advantage of that, but mm -hmm. we want to make sure it's clear that we're here to be helpful. We're here to, you know, to be committed to your business. And, you know, our expectation is that what we do, if you do the things we suggest, uh, you're going to get better. You're going to, you know, you're going to improve. You're going to have money to then spend on us anyway. And of course, you're going to tell your friends about it, right? So it's a win-win. Uh, on that note, so tell me before we get into your story, uh, which is so great, is what are some of the the success actions that have happened? Give us some testimonials of, okay, people that work with you have achieved, they've been from here to here. What are some of those? What does that kind of look like? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm not sure if I have any super specific stories. Um, I will, except for to say kind of in a general way, one of our biggest things is our navigator program. 
Um, oh, our navigator okay. program is all about, so I had this personal struggle of, I would have all these great ideas in the morning or over a period of time where I would regularly say to myself, gosh, you know what? If I meditated every day, I wonder how great my life would be. Or I wonder, if I exercised or if I called 10 people every single day, or if I, you know, I had all these all should, should, shoulds, right? I was shooting all over myself and, and, not, and not doing anything, right? Nothing was getting done. And so my level of, my level of productivity was super low. And I, and I, through another whole nother story, basically came up with this, um, this thing that we call the daily navigator, which is that every morning, um, and for me, it's Monday through Friday, but every day that I want to be held accountable, I have this list that I go through. I did it this morning and I check the boxes of the things that I want to make sure I do today. So like today it, it had drink my greens and meditate and exercise. It didn't, and it had affirmations. It didn't include read a, read a book and some other co couple personal things it had on there. Talk to 10 people. It had on there, meet with three people face to face, uh, some other stuff. And it's all on there. Then I sign it like a contract. I take a picture of it and I send it out to this accountability group. And with that accountability group, they now, now I've said to them, not just to myself, because I basically, I suck at being accountable to myself. Apparently, I, everybody I, don't does, really, so. I don't care what I think about myself, but I really, really care what you think. So if I send to you, Aurea, hey, Aurea, this is what I'm doing today, then it means something to me that I get that done. Because I'm going to look bad if I later text you back and I go, hey, remember that thing I said I was going to do? Well, I didn't do it. I'm not willing to, like, I'm using my own ego against me, right? Right, I love it. more for me, however you want to look at it. And the fact you have to do it daily is what I gets do it every single done. day. Yeah, I do it every single day. We've done it for four years. So what's happened is the people that are using that, and there's lots of them, well over a hundred people have, you know, are regularly using this thing and it really makes the difference for them in their overall productivity. You can imagine that if you went from not really exercising every day and now you do it every day, or if you went from not calling enough people every day and now you do it every day. Yeah. You know, we're because we're action based. The results are going to be what they're going to be, but we yeah. only have control over the actions that we take on a daily basis, and so it's made a really big difference for people. I can see that it would, because back in the day when I did Mary Kay, you know, for twenty something years and won pink Cadillacs and diamonds, and yeah. everybody has the exact same opportunity to win the diamonds, the Cadillacs, the cars. Yeah. Why do some do and some don't? Right. It's not the business that fails is we fail to do business. And we did something very similar where we had our weekly accomplishment sheets and we did them every Sunday night for the week. We had that everything you talk about laid out. So our life is on a schedule. It can get derailed. You know, you can things you can scratch off. Emergencies sure. happen, but at least it's there and you have a, a running board to go with instead yeah. of waking up Monday morning. Oh, what should I do? Yeah, we all know that doesn't work. So I love that you have accountability partners every single day and you do that for four years. I can see that would make such a difference because we have to plan for success. And like you said, take action. And at some point we need to do what your coaches are telling you to do. And as us as coaches, I know I always have a coach. What do you say about coaches having a coach? Uh, well, can I just give you one more little tidbit on that? And then I'll answer the question about the coaches. Absolutely. Back to the accountability group. So I send it out in the morning. Uh, and then when I get it done, I have a little line on there where I write three things I'm grateful for, a mini journal. Oh I take a picture of it and I send it back out to the group. Now the group, and this is what leads me back to the whole mentorship and all that, is that I really believe that we our accountability group should be made up of three kinds of people. One is a mentor, right? So that could be a coach, could be a manager. It could be uh, just somebody that you look up to in the industry that you're in, whatever it is. The other is a peer, somebody else that's doing similar things than you. And the third thing is my own mentee, people that are looking up to me that have asked me for help that I can be an example to. Yeah. So it's made up of this very specific group that while I get on the day, you mentioned too, you know, things happen and so forth that I don't let, because what happens for me is like my emotions get in my way of the day, right? I have this whole <laughs> big plan, then something great happens. Oh, it's just great. I don't need to do that now because that great thing happened or something bad happens. I'm like, oh, I can't do that thing now because that bad thing happened. But now I go back and well, well, except for I told all these people I was going to do this thing. So I'm going to keep doing this. And so that's, you know, kind of the last part of that navigator program. Yeah. Um, accountability is everything. It's like when you lose weight or want to lose weight or get in shape, you got to have accountability, buddy. It's too easy not to get yeah. that done today because you can't run on feelings. You have to run on discipline. And having somebody else help discipline you is always a good thing because, you know, you'll help them. They'll help you. But it definitely takes two or more. Take exactly. Yeah, that's right. And then you asked me about the, I'm sorry, I've, I lost the other question it was about coaching. 
Oh yeah. Do you have a coach? Oh yeah, of course. So <laughs> I'm constantly, so yes, I have been, you know, and, and if we, depending on how far we get in the story, I started being coached in 2009 um, and I've been coached in one form or another since 2009. So it has been a total yeah. game changer for me. I don't know why anybody wouldn't have a coach in anything that they do. I would say even being a mom or being a dad or, you know, I being realize. a friend, like you could be coached in anything. Um, and so, yes, I, I just hired another coach this morning, actually, to help me with my LinkedIn. She specializes in LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, I have I have a coach for coaches. I just uh, going back to the mentorship. I just am engaged in hiring a, a guy who specializes in a storytelling. He's a storytelling coach. Um, what you might notice in me talking is I probably talk too much. I don't make points. I don't, <laughs> I'm not a great storyteller maybe. And I want to be a great, I want to be a great storyteller. So I'm hired this guy to, to help me become a great storyteller. Well, you're already smart and ahead of the game because we always are our own worst critic, but you're doing excellent as is. But the professional knows that school is never out for the pro. There's always going to get better at anything. That's and you're right. doing exactly the right thing, Rick. You're taking advice from people where you want to be in an industry, in yeah. a sector. You yeah. know, when I wanted, when I was doing my TEDx talk, I knew darn well I did not have any clue how to write a TEDx presentation. It's nothing like anything I've ever done before. It is concise. You've got a certain amount minutes. of minutes. Yeah. You got to land the plane. We yep. can't ramble. So I wasn't going to attempt that on my own. So having that speechwriter was vital for that. Yeah. So, and where do you go? Somebody that's never done it before? No, you go to somebody that's done that for 10 years. Exactly. That's, that's all right. that they do. Yeah. And it came out beautiful because I had the right coach that wasn't just, well, let's see what we can put together. It was like, yeah. no, nope, this is what I do. I've got you. Let's go. And did yeah. it cost a lot? Yep. And was it worth it? Yep. You just go watch my TEDx and you can see because that was completely, it was my story, but it was completely scripted. And I memorized it front to back because that was a moment in time that I'll never get back. And yeah. I couldn't risk, you know, winging it or not landing the plane or anything going wrong. So yeah. I'm an actress by trade. Yeah. So knowing that script was really important to me. And I could have never gotten it written. I just, I had no clue what I wanted to say. They yeah. came to me. I'm like, I'm not a TEDx speaker. I'm yeah. an inspirational speaker. Yeah. But they wanted that. So speaking of stories, let's get into yours because you are a success story. You are a raise yourself up story. And everyone loves to know a good comeback story yeah. and a, and a tra tra triumph story, triumphant story. So yeah. let's go back to where you say you're 20 years old. You're homeless yeah. and addicted to drugs. Well, how did that, how'd you get there for one thing yeah. and talk to us about how you became here? Yeah, great. I appreciate you asking. This is one of my favorite stories to tell. Uh, not because, I mean, I got to live it and it was painful and all the things, but my real, what's really important for me here is that there might be somebody listening who might be in a similar spot right now. Mm -hmm. And for them to know that you are not stuck there. Like there is a, there is a way out. And so how did I get there? I have, that's a very good question. I have no idea. I wish I could go, well, you know, I had all these tragedies happen and I was try. I was, you know, my parents were terrible and I, you know, there was alcoholism and abuse and all that. None of that happened to me. I, I was actually brought up in a really great family. I was taught right from wrong. I was given lots of love. And somehow by the age of 20, doing my absolute best, I ended up addicted to drugs, living in a tool shed behind a driving range in Marin County, California. And, uh, and, and, and even worse, I thought things were going great. I, I, I had no idea how bad, you know, you, you start living in this world. And I think we do this. I, it, it, independent of, you know, drug addiction, alcohol, you start living your own reality, right? You're making it up as you, and you just start figuring out like, or start feeling like, yeah, this is, yeah, this sounds right. This is this, this weird life I'm now living. And, um, so, you know, that's where I ended up. And how long were you there? I lived in the tool. Well, I moved into the tool shed on October 17th, 1989, the day of the earthquake in San Francisco. Oh, wow. And um, I was coming off the heels of I had become I had un, I had um, I had become a father at the age of 19. I didn't want to be. Obviously, I was not planning on that. This was um, something that terrified me that I was not able to articulate how much fear I was in. Sure. And I got to that point where. You know, I just wanted to be loaded all the time. I didn't want to deal with life. I had just, I was so, I had such an inability to deal with life as it happened that I just sure. wanted to be numb. You know, I just, I didn't want to feel anything. And so 
you know, uh, that was my whole focus. And if you have somebody in your life that's like that, know that that's where they're at, you know, that have some compassion maybe for that. They're really struggling. And that's where I was. Okay. Um, How long did that last? I'm sorry. How long did that last? Like, is this a couple of months or a couple of years, a couple of decades? (laughs) So that was, I started getting loaded when I was 16 and when, and on November 17th, 1989. So 30 days later, I got to the end, right? I don't need to go to the whole detail, but the, the bottom line was that I had that, I had this point, this moment of clarity where I was, I could see my life for what it really was. And I, I went and got some help the next day uh, from a group of people that, you know, had, a, you know, similar problems. And, um, uh, and, and that was, that was the beginning of a big deal for me in terms of a whole t- completely different lifestyle change. It wasn't just quitting doing drugs and alcohol. Like it was a whole different perspective on how I live my life, what I was using to, to, um, to deal with life. And, um, and, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a game changer. So that was, I did live in that tool shed for another 10 months. So my first 10 months of being clean and sober, I lived in the tool shed, you know, sure, um, it takes time to out for sure. I, I had nowhere else to go. And, and, uh, I kind of got comfortable in there. It's kind of a weird thing to say now. Um, but what, what happened was I, I met these people that, you know, they had been where I was and I would, and they were no longer there. They had a solution to a problem that I wasn't even totally clear on what I had. Right. And, uh, and their whole thing was just being helpful from this place of absolute contribution and they didn't want anything in return, except that when I got it, they wanted me, they said, Hey, we were here. There was somebody here for us. Uh, make sure that you're there for them. Whoever the next person is wow. to help them. Amen. That's and awesome. uh, so that's what I've been doing for the last, uh, you know, 33 years. Well, you and, went from uh, them helping you, which is good. It seems like you pulled yourself up from bootstraps. You went, you got help. And now you're very successful. Did you go right into real estate? Like, how did you get into a job? Like so many people want to get out of a rut. It may not be homelessness or drug addiction. It sure. may be, or they may have a child or a teen going through that. Yeah. And you want to go from that to on the road to something. And like, was real estate something you've always wanted to do? Did you get introduced to somebody that said, oh, here's a, here's a uh, industry for you. How did that transition happen? Yeah. So good question. It didn't happen for years and years. The two events were are almost completely unrelated. Okay. But once I and, and I wish, well, I don't know if I wish, but I wasn't like, I want to be a realtor when I grew up. I think most people uh, end up in real estate. I bet you 99% of us, we end up here, you know? Right. Um, in fact, I talk to people all the time. Yeah, I th- I think most almost everybody I talk to either they had their license or they're going to get their license or they wanted to be, you know, it's, it is, it's a fun- to get a license. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's easy to get a license and all that. I've been very fortunate to have been successful in that business. Uh, but I I got in in uh, 2004. Um, the the market the real estate market was crazy. It fit me like a glove. I had some success early on just enough to think that I knew what I was doing. Really, as it turns out, I found out later, my success was much more driven by the market, not by me. And so I had just enough success so that I made some money. I bought a million dollar house. I had gotten married. I had three little kids. I'm totally living this, what on the outside looks like this amazing life. And then um, if I could tell another you know, challenging story, my 40th birthday, which I'd been looking forward to, and it's going to be great. I'm going to go to Vegas with my, now my, my son who, um, you know, that baby I was talking about when I was 19, he's going to turn 21 look within a few days of me turning 40. We're going to go to Vegas together. It's going to be great. And the meltdown happened in September, 2008. And by September, 2009, I couldn't pay my mortgage on my 40th birthday. Is that because of the crash? Everything. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and I was terrified. Um, and I was, so here I am again, like literally 20 years later, almost exactly at like this desperate place of how did this happen? You know? Um, and, uh, and I remember sitting on the couch, you know, next to my wife at the time watching TV, just feeling like the weight of an elephant on my chest. If, if I don't do something, um, we're going to lose the house. We're going to have nothing, you know? What did you do? Um, and so the, the, really the only solution was, is that I need to get better at what I do. And, 
And so that's when I hired a coach for the first time. And, and that, that made all the difference in the world. You know, you said something about yourself that you, you testify a lot of your success to being in the, the industry and the, the, the way the real estate was back in 2004. But I also give you a lot of credit for entering in a good industry, for saying, hey, this, there's things are happening over here. I can do that. And then taking action and doing it. Because just, just because the industry is doing good, it wouldn't have helped you if you didn't take that step and say, I want to get into this game. And you did. So kudos for you for stepping in. And Thank then you. I feel like you built some resilient skills. Because if you can go from homeless to not homeless and successful once, you can do it again. And a lot of times we have to revisit those muscles that got us out of one jam because life is always a journey and lots of jams can happen. Yeah. And you really did put yourself out. Well, before we continue on to this topic, what was your first job and good like success in your career from the homelessness? Because you're saying you didn't go right into real estate. What did you go into that got you out of homelessness? Well, um, I I was in the golf business. I was, uh, you know, ah. I was a golf instructor. Um, then I did some other stuff in the golf world. I worked for honor Palmer golf for a while. Um, I, you know, I kind of remember I was 20 years old, so I wasn't like career age, you know, I was still trying to figure out how the world worked in business at all. Um, so I did a lot of stuff in golf. I did some other stuff in sales. I was a financial advisor for about five years with uh, Morgan Stanley, which I would love to say that I was great and successful there. I was not, I struggled there. Um, and, you know, a lot of it was, and I think one of the things that if, if since the audience is entrepreneurs is there's this, um, you know, it's learning how to be comfortable outside of your comfort zone. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I really just wanted everything to feel good all the time. It's, that's not really reality. Sometimes mm -hmm. you really need to step out of your comfort zone. And, um, and so, uh, you know, that's where with the financial services, for example, I really wasn't willing to do that at the time. So if you're sitting here listening to this, you're an entrepreneur and you're just not quite developing the business because you know, the, the big thing that happens for entrepreneurs is they know how to have a business. Like they know how to be, or maybe they know how to be in real estate or they know how to be an accountant or they know how to, you know, uh, be a garage door, you know, repair guy or whatever it is, but they don't know how to get the business, you know, or scale um, the business or, you know, or scale the business yeah. or ex exactly all the things. And so, um, you know, Anybody that was you know in a business, you got to, you know, grow it, scale it, all the things. And that's right. Where it, it, exactly. And, and not knowing that, but, but there's a reason that you might get stuck in that place, which is, uh, wait, I'm uncomfortable. I don't, I don't know how to ask for help. Uh, I don't know how to ask people for business. I don't know how to just do this. I, I only know how, basically, I know how to do this one thing, or I'm really interested in this one thing. Great. That's the beginning of something. It's not the end of something. You're so right. And I think now with the, the internet, I know we all went through the, the pandemic and we, the, the bad thing of it, we we're all closed off and there was a lot of pivoting, a lot of things shut down. But the good thing about that is we all got that master's degree in going online. And I don't know about you, Rick, but I feel like more mentors and more coaches are available to us because now we can be mentored by anyone and coached by anyone. I know I have clients from all over the world now because of the pandemic shutting us down and everybody going on and getting that that zoom degree and now i think it just exploded our access to people like i don't think i would have known you rick or half the people i know now yeah. if it yeah. wasn't for the pandemic and us getting online saying wow if i don't get online i'm not gonna ever see another soul because i'm locked in our house so yeah. it did some good things for us as well because it does take a village and now we have so much help available to us as entrepreneurs and business owners I couldn't agree more. It's one of those, like the silver lining, you know, even mm -hmm. you go back to the, the two times I've talked about so far, those were tragic, scary, whatever the, the events themselves, when they were happening, it was like, Oh my God, am I done? Like, I don't, I, cause I didn't know what was going to happen after that. I look at both of those events and they were the greatest things that ever happened to me. Right. Right. And I end up in that tool shed in that desperate place. If I don't do that, I don't get sober and I don't have this great life that I've had for the last 33 years. In 2009, if I don't run out of money and if I don't um, not, you know, to that completely desperate place, I don't go seek out the coaching to figure out the things I need to do to become a top producing. Like I'm, I've really been very successful. I don't want to throw around numbers, but trust me, there's, yeah. there's, there's going to be very few people that listen to if I told you how much money I'd make, I'm pretty sure most people would be like, I would take that. It'd be great. So all, but all of that, 
all of that happened because of my failure, right, in 2009. And so the, the so going back to what you're saying about this, this, uh, you know, the access thing, it's so true. It's amazing. And it came from this thing that we all thought was bad. Right. Mm -hmm. There was this was and, and it was bad. There was people yeah. died. I mean, I'm not taking away from that. Mm -hmm. But we you're right. We have this now we have all this instant access. Here's the thing I want to caution people on. Listening to people talk, even just listening to the show, it's great. It makes you feel good, maybe get you inspired. But if you're not doing something that's that's driving you to actually take action, it's meaningless. It's just Pringles. It's just it's like food mm -hmm. without any real value. And so you, you have to you have to take it and turn it into some kind of action. Otherwise, you might as well just be watching Netflix. You're so right. And I like what you said. I want people to really hear this too. When you were at your, like Lois, and if anybody knows, you know, was in any kind of a business in 2009 and 10, and so many people lost their houses, and we felt so bad for our real estate friends, kind of like during the pandemic, we felt so bad for our travel agent friends, because I had a lot of friends right. in the travel agent business. Like, oh sure. my gosh, are they ever going to live again? Uh, 2010, nine was that with our real estate friends like oh my gosh will they ever make it and you said something really smart that i thought you were going to say when i said how did you make it through that i thought you were going to say what a lot of people did well you know i sold my house i downsized and all because a lot of people did that a lot of people went to foreclosure you didn't the first things out of your mouth rick were i invested in a coach hmm yeah smart instead of cutting back and doing that you still had resources obviously so well, i didn't actually that i'm so glad that you brought me brought me back to that because that uh i didn't i had zero resources oh, right they had taken away my line of credit i don't know if you remember that but it was like if you had i had a hundred thousand dollar line of credit they just took it away they didn't give you warning it was just it was gone you know what wow. i mean our credit cards you know it was they were maxed out and and i had literally i just had no money coming in so there was nothing so how did and, you do it and so, I so I had heard this company that I was working for, they had this coaching company that was, or this program, it was $800. And I was like, I do not have $800. I called people around the country to go, I can, I can borrow this 800 bucks, but I need to know if this is really going to work or not. And luckily people were like, dude, do it. It was great. And so I did it. I borrowed the $800 to take this class. It was an eight week class. It was every Monday for eight hours a day. They asked me to do a bunch of stuff I didn't want to do. But do you know what happened? I started really developing business. And that I I didn't have, I had one 30 day late on my mortgage. I'm, I'm very proud of that. I only had one 30 day late. We saved the house. We had bought the house for a million bucks. By the time, you know, this thing had happened, it was worth like six something. And by the time we actually sold it, we we did fine on it. We we made money on it because we didn't have we sold it when we wanted to sell it, right. not when we had to sell it. But okay. it was that part of investing in myself and then taking the action. I mean, not just you can't just spend the eight hundred bucks. You got to do the work. You know, that's where the living, the learning how to be uncomfortable or comfortable outside of your comfort zone really makes a difference. And that's what makes the difference to people that make it and don't. So many people just become the proverbial student and buy coaching program after program after program and they never right. take action. Right. And it's really important you did your homework too. You kind of called around, does this really work? So finding the right one for them, because yeah. there's the right coach for everyone. And depending yeah. on where you are in your business, like what is your next best step? And I'm real careful too for myself and for my clients to say, what's your next best step? Yeah, we need it all or, or I want to get to six figures or seven figures okay what do you have working and what's the next step instead of trying to do it all because i think that's when people get paralyzed now they oh. might spend a lot on a coaching program but it's not what they need next and they're confused and it's like they have to backtrack but before i can do that i need to go back and do this yeah. so I, I would hope coaches i know i do this say if i'm not your next best step here's where you do need to go you need to get this fixed first then come yeah. to me yeah. and then i'll be your next best step Exactly. Yeah. And then just that overwhelm too, you know, you go to these, I don't know if you have done this too, but I would go to these really great, well, you know, well thought out seminars with super great action plans and every, I'm like, Oh my, this is so good. Oh, it's going to be. And then I leave and I'm, it's so overwhelming. As to, I, I don't do anything. I ended up right. not doing anything. It was terrible. You know? Yeah, that happens to so many people. Yeah, we used to say that we went to our big American seminars too. You're gonna have three days of all these successful women telling you how they did it, and you're yeah. gonna come home with all these new ideas. And the worst part is like they do nothing. The second was worst part is they're so overwhelmed they don't know what to do, and they yeah. stop doing everything that was working. And, and then they get down on themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like take one idea. So you take from yeah. all of that 
What's the next best thing? What's that right. little golden nugget that'll make the difference move forward? Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater yep. and stop doing everything that was working. Just you have to be strategic. And that's what I like best about now where we are in this day and age is coaching now has become such a like a mainstream to get a coach that yep. helps you scale your business. It will help you maneuver through what your next best step is versus yep. what my next best step is. Right. And that makes all that. And then we can take strategic action on moving forward to it. And exactly. like a lot of us haven't been to business school. This is business school. We have, you're never going to get get away from it, whether you're going to do it in college or after college, you know, business school, or you're going to get it through the school of hard knocks. You right. know? And you can do it quickly and take action. Or you can take forever and never quite get it, but you're just yeah. for school. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it, it really comes down to as much as anything, like at the core of everything, it's relationship creation and cultivation. Oh, say that again. I like that. Relationship creation and cultivation. Like everything, doesn't matter what business you're in, there needs to be relationship creation and cultivation. Like that's, because that connects you to everything. It connects you to coaches. It connects you to business. It connects you yeah. to, you know, mentors. It connects you to mentees. Like the more you can create and cultivate relationships with people, the more that. you're in the middle of the herd, right? And the more yeah. opportunities you have to help other people and the more opportunities you have to be helped. And it's, it's kind of a lost, it's a lost thing. I'm really concerned about our younger generation where they've grown up in a world where it's different than you, when you and I grew up, right? We yeah. grew up in a world where we were out there, we were doing the thing and we Pounding had friends. The and, what? Pounding the pavement. Pounding that? the pavement, exactly. And now, you know, I'm not trying to be, you know, back in my day and all that. But, fun, I mean, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But, but, but at the same time, this idea of the creation, you know, relationship creation cultivation is a skill that can be learned. You know, I think that's the other thing people get wrapped up in. They're like, oh, well, that guy is just a, you know, he's a friend. He, he gets along with everybody, you know, yeah, and, exactly. uh, and that's not, that's not necessarily, you know, it's a, it's a trained thing. Really, it is. And with that, that piece of advice is really, really good, right? Thank you for that. How do you, as we kind of wrap up now, how do you attain your best clients now? I know that these audio apps have been doing great. And now we're saying we need to build relationships. We need to really cultivate that. So what is some of your best piece of advice? How best the entrepreneur can do that? Do they get on these audio apps? Like, you know, we've been really big on those. Those have really changed my life because I love, like you do, talking to people, letting them experience me, experience and and I find that has really drawn in so many great clients. But what say you? What are some really great things Perfect. in marketing, customer acquisition, acquisition that works for you and for your clients? Yeah. Well, it's funny because now I feel like I pre-answered your question because it, it goes back to the creation, you know, the relationship creation and cultivation. There's all kinds of ways to do that, right? So there's like for me, I've just, like I said, I hired, I just hired a co coach for Instagram. We had a whole thing that we did with that person. We have a LinkedIn person. So I know that there's an avenue for me to learn and do more stuff oh, and to take what I already do and put it kind of out there. But for me, boots on the ground is eyeball to eyeball. It's taking people out to lunch. It's taking people out to coffee. Mm -hmm. I mean, depending on where you're at in your business, it's creating those relationships kind of one at a time. And once I've created them, so I come across somebody, maybe I see them uh, in the newspaper and they have some kind of promotion, whatever. I reach out to them. I go, hey, congratulations on the thing. We don't know each other, but we're both in business together. Would you like to have a cup of coffee? They go, sure, let's have a cup of coffee. We have a cup of coffee. We don't talk about business. Even if they want to talk about business, I don't talk about business. We talk about, let me get to know you, right? We get into the Ford questions and we have ways of having that conversation where we're really developing something. And if, only if there's an actual connection there, which there may not be, right. then I put them in a position where within my system, where I'm staying in front of them in a regular basis with all kinds of different activities, which include, but are not limited to some mail, some email, a couple of videos from me being invited to different events. We have four events a year that we invite everybody to, um, you know, and that kind of thing. I also, and this is a, this is a really good one. This is probably this is my big nugget for your your audience is because you're you're a writer, I think, as well. It's like I write a letter every month. Nope. Hold on. Let me just correct that. I'm supposed to write a letter every month. I don't do it every month, but I write these letters that are from uh, from my heart about something nothing to do with business. So it's a it's a life experience. It's a thought around. Maybe it's a personal development thing, whatever it is. And it has nothing to do with business. And I send that to people, ideally monthly. 
Um, but it's another way to connect with people. And I'm telling you, those are the ones that I get text messages, read your letter this month. So instead of sending a newsletter with a bunch of information that people don't really care about or right. want or even open, I send something from what's called my below the waterline letter. So going back to the analogy of the, of the um, iceberg, the 10% right. above, the 90% below that is, that's where the good stuff is. Yeah, I'm starting, actually, I'm starting my own podcast. It's called Below the Waterline, where we're talking about, you know, like, what is, what's going on on the, you know, what's going on below? How can we be vulnerable? Yeah. How can we be vulnerable? Let me tell you, let me tell myself about some stuff that I, I messed up on or that I'm really struggling with in my relationship or my business or whatever it is. So that's what I would I say. Underneath the surface. That's a good one. I can't wait for your podcast. Thank That'll you. be great. Well, you, I would hey. love to have you as a guest. I'd love to be on. It's Great. awesome. So much below the surface. That is really good and juicy. Great title as well, yeah. which podcast is all about the title, the tagline to really have a nice niche audience that keep coming back for more. Thank and Rick, you said something that all I could keep hearing was you actually read the newspaper, that paper newspaper that we've long forgotten. And you're utilizing something that a lot of people have long forgotten. And you look at your local paper and who's accomplished something, who's yeah. doing something. You can also do that online. So if anybody's watching, totally. say, yeah, I don't it know what yeah, newspaper just is. the actual newspaper. That's yeah, right. Go online, right? <laughs> I think that's where they all are now anyway. But even with that going, you know, into your local, into your apps, your Instagrams or your your clubhouse, whatever, seeing who's local. You can hashtag your city. You can hashtag your your county yeah. and see who's doing things there. I know you can do that on clubhouse. You can just, and I found some really good people that were in my city when I needed a guest on our Atlanta live talk show here in, in the city. You had to be, be yeah. here. They were looking for people. I would, I just hashtag, you know, Atlanta authors and up came some great people and it worked great. Yeah. So I love that you still do old fashioned. Let's have a cup of coffee. People are really up for that these days too. They yeah. miss that having a cup of coffee just well, to see if there's synergy exactly and it's the quickest way to create something real and what i'm looking for in those in those connections is to build what i call my vip list the people oh, yeah. that love me that i love them that they are rooting for me and that and they're gonna they get extra attention from me right in fact in fact just a, this last week they all got a gift from me i got i got them these uh the dryer balls you know the things to keep it from the static and the, whatever they get these silly gifts from me about once a quarter. But the point is, is that I'm constantly in front of them so that when it comes time for them to think about anything in my business, then they go, Oh, you need to call my guy, Rick, right? Like they're out there. They're like, it's my whole sales force out there doing stuff for me. But I don't talk, I don't say to them, Hey, uh, you're going to send me business, right? Like that conversation never happens. No, they just do it naturally. Cause when you get people results and when you make them feel special, like Maya Angelou always said, people don't care what you do. They care. You make them feel. And that that's is right. so important. And they yeah. remember that. And that's, we do get the best referrals because they've learned from you. They've got results from you. And that's we all of a sudden your, your ears are ringing because people are yeah. talking about you. And yeah. that's the best. That's when you really know you've done, done some things right. When people say, yeah, that's, that Rick guy can get your results. It's, a, it's an authentic place to come from, mm -hmm. right? Because I can just come from contribution. I can be the guy I want to be. I don't have to sell anybody anything. Uh, but I do have to be purposeful about that business. Yeah, I love that. Well, Rick, in your last words, I'm going to give you the, the mic to say any last inspirational or somebody's listening and they're just loving this conversation, but saying, okay, I'm still stuck. What is my next step that I could do just to start that you know, that lock from being locked and unlocking some goodness today. Give them just some pieces of advice in this last couple of minutes we have. I think that the first thing just to remember is no matter how stuck that you think that you are, you are not. Even that in itself could be its own mindset and be willing to believe that you are not stuck. That There's people out there that have already been where you are, wherever that is, and they're not stuck anymore. And the next thing is to find somebody like that. And it could be me. You, you can just call me. Um, you know, <laughs> I put your uh, website up there. You know, go to my down. website, find my number. I don't care what your, I don't care what the circumstance is, but if you just, you know, just sometimes connecting with another human, you know, we have so many things going on in our brain. Our brain is not out. You know, you said, what did you say, sir, sir, thriver, sir, thrive. See, that's the, that's such a great line because our brains are designed to survive, not to thrive. Right. right? So we yeah. have to change that because they will help us thrive, but we are the director of our brain. The brain is not the director of us. And what happens is people get stuck with their brain telling them what to do and how bad they've messed up or how they're never going to get any better or how everybody else is better and we're not. And that's all BS. Yeah. That's just the brain trying to survive 
And thriving is bigger than that. But you have to be the one to be in charge of your brain to call somebody and reach out for help. Great advice, Rick. I'm so glad you were on the show today. And I put up flowcademy.com. If you're listening on the podcast, it's flowcademy.com. And if you're watching here, there it is right there. Connect with you. Rick, is there a way on your website people can reach out, have a conversation? Absolutely. Yeah. My phone number's on there. Just call me directly. I'm I'm not uh, the president of the United States. I'm totally available for conversation. <laughs> and your West Coast time, you're out there in California. I am in, I am West Coast time. Just, just keep that in mind. Yeah, really. Don't be calling him at four o'clock in the morning if you're on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and to be honest, best thing to do to reach out to me is send me a text and then we'll schedule a time. So we get, too. you know, I, I do 15 minis all the time with people. I um, love that. I do that yeah. as well. I love, love, love that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Rick, you have been a pleasure. And I'm so excited for you to be on my new network, the Limelight Network, with all sorts of great edutaining shows. Who knows? Your podcast may end up debuting as a television show here as well, because you got some good stuff going on, Rick. You're such a great educator and you're very entertaining. And that's a perfect match. You're easy to listen to. And you've got a voice for, for the podcast as well. I love your voice. So oh, you got everything you. going for you. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Yay. <laughs> Absolutely. going to be great. Tell us again the name of your po- soon-to-be podcast, because I know it's going to be a reality. Yeah, it's it's called a Below the Waterline. Below the Waterline. So yeah. what's not seen underneath the surface. Cannot wait, Rick. Thank right. you so much for being here. You've been a Thank pleasure, you. and I cannot wait to maybe have you back and follow up and see you a year from I now. I love to do that. This is great. Having so many people. Well, there you all have it on Get Celebritized. My special guest, Rick Warren from flowacademy.com, helping you get unstuck, knowing that most of you are not stuck because it's just a mindset, such says Rick. So take that conversation further. Get to know him. I absolutely am so glad you're in my life now, Rick, because you absolutely will help people earn more so they can live more, live big, live out loud, and help give back more. Rick, thank you for being here on Get Celebritized. Thank you so much. You know, has anybody ever said a ray of light? Yes, a ray of light or a ray of sunshine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why I, it. That's, I mean, it just comes, it just comes out of you. So that's awesome. I'm glad. Well, thank you so much, Rick. You've made my day. Until next time, you all have a great rest of your day. And tell others about the show Get Celebritized so they can be inspired as well. Thank you, Rick. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry. We hope this episode inspires you to earn more, live more, and give back more. To learn more about Araya, visit her website, arayamagari.com, and make sure to follow her at Araya McGarry Productions on Instagram, and join her on Clubhouse at Celebritize Your Business. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry.